Hello, and welcome to episode 68 of Gaming Fix on this May 5th or May 4th, wherever you may be on that international dateline or in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, I am your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your girl's favorite D&D class. Uh, I am joined today by Alex Galina. Jalina? I'm just going to let you keep going through your iterations. Jalina. I think it's Jalina. Isn't that what you said last time? <laughs> you can go for whatever you Jelena. want. Jalina. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh, and Allison Sagan. Hi, um, you already stole my May the 4th thing, so I'll just say it again. May the 4th be with you. I, I didn't say that. Uh, did, did you know this is unrelated to May the 4th? This is unrelated. Did I know that this, that Avengers Endgame might overtake Avatar? <laughs> to be Sorry, Star Wars <laughs> But did you know what has become the the biggest gaming Kickstarters of all time, or one of them? It's the, the porn Oh, it's Mass the Effect. porn Mass Effect, yeah. yeah. <laughs> The porn Mass Effect game, everybody. I, I was reading like the Polygon story about it, and uh, some of their that studio's previous work made me go, "Oh, maybe." Mm. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, a lot of it is not very tasteful. Yeah, uh, yeah. They they showed some of the gameplay, and it actually looks kind of all right. <laughs> like it's kind of like an XCOM kind of thing. Yeah, but that. I don't know when that game comes out. Maybe it'll be game of the year in like two or three or ten years. Oh, yeah. Anyways, it'll, we don't have to, we yeah. don't have to talk much about Mass Effect porn games if we don't want. I mean, I'm just it's just kind of astonishing because I mean I did see people posting it everywhere. Like I I feel like every single gaming group on Facebook I'm in had at least multiple posts about this game. Uh, like, here is my promise to you look to our porn hub for a let's play and <laughs> whatever comes out. Good point. But you, we do have a platform for which we can stream that one. <laughs> Allison will bring this game directly to you. Sure. No, that, that's a promise. God, I don't want to make this promise, but at the same time, I don't want to like you say wanna, no completely. Don't poo poo it too early. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It could be legitimately the best game ever and also just be a complete porn version of Mass Effect. But like, and that's all anyone really wants. They just want, remember when Titanfall or not Titanfall Anthem was coming out and they're like, no, you can't romance anyone. Everyone was, everyone was like, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> it's just I mean, that. To be fair. But in reverse where that's all you can do. Well, it doesn't look like it's all you can do though. Cause no, they have actual but, other gameplay, which, yeah. I mean, does is that really what anybody really wants in this game, though? To play the well, I mean, RPG turn-based combat? As you know, say. I I don't know. They, <laughs> I, You're not following that audience too closely. No, uh, it's they. You know, I. Good luck to them and you know i hope i hope their game is successful yeah because it sounds like they you know some of their previous work uh, featured a lot of sexual assault and Ooh. they made a conscious decision for this one to not include any non-consensual 
sex. That's good. Well, uh, I, I hope that that's successful for them because uh, yeah. if, 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 if only to prove that you don't need that in a important game. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. this is their first game. All they've made before is movies. Oh. What was the uh, name of it? Subverse, I think. Uh, something like yes. That. Yeah. Anyway, it looks it looks like a sci-fi animated, like CG animated show from like the Sci-Fi Network from like two thousands. Yeah, I was gonna say like circa two thousand three or something like that, yeah. where you're just like, where at the time you're like, wow, it's like real life, and now you look back and you're like, huh, that's cute. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so that's that's kickstarter games also they were like covering that game way too early for like a kickstarter game yeah like i don't know i'm of the opinion that unless something like real wild happens outside of they made a lot of money maybe you shouldn't cover kickstarter games yeah. uh but, a lot you know, of those have folded so yeah so yeah it's, like, it's... if they're gonna if they're gonna succeed they should succeed on their own merits maybe i don't know uh but also, you know, some creators, they need that little extra help to get over the bump. But I think, oh, this Kickstarter made a lot of money and they're still going isn't a great news story until like it's over. Like, oh, this Kickstarter made a whole lot of money and nobody said anything about it until now. I mean, yeah, it's not a great one, but everybody just saw porn mass effect and they like jumped on it. Yeah. You just sit on that story for a month. Uh, that's, I'm just, yeah. Do you really expect anybody to sit on that story for a month? Uh, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful dream, but yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's all your hottest porn mass effect news. Uh, porn effect, mass porn, something with Jack and Mass Alex. Mass effect. Mass effect is a okay, movie, isn't it? Oh, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> um, uh, we'll come back to that eventually. Um, I'm sure. Uh, but we've, I think we've played some video games. Have we? <laughs> I, don't I think know, they're video we? games. I don't know. What, what is a video game? I played some real life games. Really? I think some pen and paper, tabletop. No, I didn't oh. know you did. What did you play? I, I played oh, some D&D. &D. Yeah. Oh yeah, I you did mention that. Right. Yeah, I've played actually like multiple games. I've played like two, two different campaigns. <laughs> Uh, yeah, or played in two different campaigns. They're still going, but yeah. If you want to hear about that, I can talk about that later. But Do you guys have someone in your party who's just constantly messing shit up. You're just constantly uh, like, I oh, we're at this pub, and I'm just gonna beat up the bartender. I'm basically, uh, yeah. So, uh, so one of my campaigns was just like me and another person, and then someone DMing, just because we couldn't get anyone together at the time. Uh, so that one, we, uh, have, I'm like a warlock and my partner is a bard and we've gone through and we've basically avoided all combat at all costs. And then, uh, and so we just like, you know, uh, shenanigans our way around combat and get, you know, and solve problems different ways. And then we finally got another group together, but this was like a prequel campaign to the one we're doing. And so next time we meet up, we're all going to. So like introduce them to the world. And then next time we meet up, we're going to like go back to the other campaign, which is like a five year time jump. Uh, but 
Yeah, so one of the people is a barbarian who is just everything of violence immediately. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like he, carry, he carried a character with us for four days, maybe five days on his back, just abusing him anytime he would speak, keeping him like inches from death. And then eventually threw him unprovoked at a suit of armor that came alive and then we had to kill defeat in battle. And the, the throwing resulted in the death of this, uh, this elf changeling. It was a changeling. Uh, and it was, wow. And I was like, why, why do you got to be like this? There's always one. Yep. There, there always is once you get a group big enough and that's, little cliche it's like the uh you know the rogue who steals everything and the bard who wants to sleep with everyone uh yeah so yeah uh but as a dnd it's hey it's fun uh the campaign is like a homebrew thing that my friend made up based on like you're going to a new land uh called terra nullia and he's from australia so it's basically just you're going to australia uh, <laughs> which and, might as well be like this made up land yeah, so it's just the people, full of fucking spiders yeah. and snakes and stuff uh, we haven't encountered anything like that but he's been kind yeah. of, we've encountered like weird rat people <laughs> uh and you know we've encountered some things but you know, I, yeah, I expect more uh, giant beasts. We we did encounter a giant crocodile, and uh, we actually met someone named uh, I don't I guess it was Steve Irwin, and he wanted to wrestle the croc, <laughs> and we so we we sat down by the side of the river and we helped him wrestle the croc. Or by help, I mean we watched, and then my bard partner uh, convinced the crocodile not to kill him. Because he was going to lose, and we saved Steve Irwin's life. And then uh, I we pulled down the statue of a dark one, and then he got sad because we were like, "No, nah, man, you, the, the real great old ones they don't care about you." And he got sad and he blew up. Uh, but we we kept his head, and now he's our friend. As you I've do. Made, but uh, I have a vineyard. I have a what? vineyard now. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> you just like uh, happened upon one? No, no, because we are helping, uh, are helping King Alan uh, in his quest to get more land in Terranolia. He decided, oh well, you help me, so anything you want. And I was like, I want a, I want a vineyard, and so they're building me a vineyard, and I've inadvertently introduced alcoholism into the native population. Not, Somehow that doesn't not surprise in, me. Not intended. It, yeah. it, it was like, you know, you're going to a new land and then colonialism happens. You're like, wait, I didn't. Oh, I didn't mean that. <laughs> do I, I so, do ha have one question now. Yes. So assuming that you're going to become rich and famous and make this into a movie like Vin Diesel did. Oh, yes. Who would play, who'd play your character in Hollywood? Oh, uh, well, it's a tiefling, so they're very uh, heavily makeuped. So, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that'd be real good. Uh, uh, you know, sure, yeah, Je mm, yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I like that. 
so, yeah, I, I think that fits actually. So, so this is in Australia. How many Australian references have been there other than Steve Irwin? Like, has anybody said, "Oh, you think that's a knife"? Or, um, <laughs> like, I don't know, fucking, oh, I'm a felon, or anything like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Every character when they introduce themselves, they say, "Oh, I'm a felon." Uh, no, um, you know, I I couldn't tell you. Uh, I'm not. That's, I'm sure there have been more, but there's only, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not heavily versed on Australian pop culture. <laughs> uh, you know, I know Crocodile Dundee and Steve Irwin. That's about it. Um, That's kind of the extent of America's knowledge of Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some like public access show that was like government funded called, called Summer Heights High. Is, is, is Kylie Minogue Australian? <laughs> I, I don't know. Danger I five. So. Have you seen danger yeah. five? I, I haven't seen it, but I've seen the gifts. Danger five is very good. Uh, man, I hope there's a danger five component to our campaign. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's cool. Um, and I, I'm like, I never play magic classes in D and D. And also usually whenever I play, I end up having to DM and I'm not great at it, but like I always want to play a character, but then I have to do like, you know, DMing stuff, which is not as fun for me. Uh, but now I get to play a character and I usually shy away from magic classes because mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I don't want to have to manage spell slots and mana and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but now I'm playing a warlock and there's some real neat stuff in there. Like I got a, an ability that lets me read all text. I can do like eyes of the room keeper or something. So anything that's written, I can just understand now, apparently. Uh, great. Yeah. yeah. I haven't, I haven't touched D and D forever since like, uh, well, basically when Pathfinder came out, which was like mm-hmm. basically the same thing as D and D 3.5. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I won. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, anyway. anyway. Yeah. So that's uh, my D and D campaign. That's real life. Uh, Alex, what have you been playing? Well, that's a good question. I, I haven't played a ton just because, you know, real life stuff has been kind of taken over. Uh, yeah. There's a bunch of ongoing things that are not yet official, so I'm not going to talk about them here, but it's looking like there's going to be some changes. I'm going to be recording from a new location probably in a few weeks. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Like upstairs? Like <laughs> upstairs <laughs> in a new city, maybe? We'll see. Um, but in terms of the video games I finished... And by finished, I mean completed. Uh, Superland, finally. This is my third week bringing it, but now I've finished it. I've, uh, I think my f- my final completion percent was like 60-something, but yeah. I saw credits because there's like an absolute yeah. ton left to do. Uh, yeah. I'll probably do I, something. Yeah, the story is finished. but Yes. Yeah, I made it to the last boss, finished all that, finished credits. That last boss, I beat it too. And that last boss, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's very, very dumb. It's very, like, it's just very uh, weird. And like, I feel like the game doesn't prepare you. It, it sets up a lot of like new puzzles that you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. But I think that kind of works in the game's favor a lot, a lot of the time when it's like throwing you new mechanics all the way to the very end, mm-hmm. which I, I think that keeps it pretty interesting. Like that, like what portal did really well was, um, kind of introducing you to mechanics, like especially in Portal 2 when you start getting the goos, like the bouncing goos and the speed goos. Mm-hmm. Like it introduces those and then it just kind of expands on them. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but it never really subverts them. Whereas this game subverts them a lot. Like um, color ends up being a huge part of this game and you don't really realize that until like I wonder if there are, are there colorblind options because I, yeah, I just think about it that would it actually kind of suck yeah that's something I thought about too is like some of that stuff if you're red blue colorblind you're gonna have a rough time <laughs> with some of those puzzles um, yeah but yeah like um I think overall my feelings on that game are pretty pretty much you like universally positive uh i think andre in our chat you brought up that there was a couple jokes that you're like what there, why there why is, is that there one there is one joke that is just i cannot well they say it's not a joke because i posted on the steam forum about it they say it's not a joke and a wait for the developer commentary and i'm just i don't know what that could possibly mean yeah but like I saw that joke as well. And there's one other joke that's similar to it that you run into along the, um, oh, I, I missed that one. Uh, it's the one, uh, it's very late, so I don't want to spoil it. Cause mm -hmm. there is a, there's a bit of a story, but it's when you turn something orange and then they make a comment about president Trump. Oh, they're like, like, uh, Oh, I'm orange now. Can I be president? And it's like, Oh, oh that, maybe that seems, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems pointless, but like that, that's, that's just like a dumb, like, Oh, he's orange, blah, blah, blah. But like the other one is just like a sexual assault. Yeah. Joke. Yeah. So that's, you're right. They're, they are different, but like at the same time, the creator is not from North America. I don't know if yeah, like, German. It, yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's something that excuses it per se, but I, I, I don't think I don't, so. I don't think so either, but like, that one thing is like probably the most it, it's eh. it doesn't fit with anything else in the game which is just why it's so bizarre to me yeah like most things are just like dumb pop culture references yeah and then this joke about sexual assault yep yeah that's and i keep wrong. saying joke but they say it's not a joke. this reference to sexual assault yeah because it's not even really a joke it's just like oh here we took the thing we made it locker room talk because it's in a locker room now yeah mm. yeah so like but for me that was like 20 seconds out of a 16 hour game that i found like <clears throat> kind of questionable and like the rest of it i think is pretty nearly impeccable so i think yeah. for me like yeah that's tasteless and it's shitty but i think it's still like an extremely excellent game so and it, and it uh, maintained its excellence throughout. Um, yeah, I would, say, so. uh, I would okay. say the puzzles remain creative. The uh, like some of the solutions were real head scratchers. There's a couple where I just had to be like, I do not see how I could possibly finish this. And then you step away from it for a few hours, mm -hmm. come back and be like, wait, what if I did this works immediately? And you're like, ah, got it. That's a, that's a good feeling. I, I, I like that feeling. Yeah. yeah. So, like and, and like yeah all the way to the end and I, I am looking forward to jumping back and getting into some of the the other puzzles that i never even attempted like because there's a lot of side puzzles where they give you just random abilities or extra health or speed or whatever yeah. the case might be um i was in like the 50s ish when i finished the game like 50 percent ish yeah. so here yeah. in i wonder i wonder what like i can't imagine the side puzzles are taking up all of that i wonder if there's like another area like an underground area or something that's like massive uh, and, i don't know and i still don't have the ability to blow up the stone the stone monuments i can blow yeah, up the I wooden never. ones but mm -hmm. so i don't know where that yeah. comes from like yeah and there's also puzzles that have like a currency that's like a star and i yeah don't really and have, that's for how many upgrades you have yeah and i don't really have 
that currency much of it. So I, I never even got my gun up to the point where I could melt the metal beams. Yeah. Same here. So like there's, there's a lot more to go in that game, but uh, if you're going into it for the core experience, just going through all those puzzles, I think it's hundred percent worth it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's a, it's a neat thing. I wish they didn't have that one joke because it did make me just go, what the, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, and, uh, it made me feel like it makes me almost feel like guilty about recommending it to people because there is this joke about quote unquote joke about sexual assault. Like if it was just like, I don't even know, like there's probably other things where it'd be like, eh, it's like, it's a bad joke, but like since it is about sexual assault, it makes it a little more hard to, yeah like brush aside for me. Yeah. yeah. I and also I feel like the whole wait until the commentary thing is kind of weak, especially since yeah. um, you guys have clearly finished or gotten credits and had no real justification for it. Yeah. yeah I was just like, this doesn't match up with anything that I like anything in the rest of the game. It's so weird. Though I will say by the end, the religious commentary makes a lot of sense and it's actually pretty interesting. Okay. I, I still think I'm going to, I, that whole joke does make me pause, but I still think I should pick this up because it seems really cool. And and there's an, there's a possibility that you'll never run into that joke. It's a side piece of content basically. So, you know, uh, yeah, still wholly recommended. Uh, I think it's one of the best puzzle games I've played in a really long time. Yeah. Uh, It seems really interesting. Yeah. But other than that, it's cool. Yeah, the aesthetic's super cool, especially when you realize it's one dude. Well, one dude and like a his friend who did some art, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, it was in early access, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, it was pretty iterative. So mm-hmm. like each area, and like you he's still updating it. Um, like you can, if you go in the discussion forums, you can find him saying like, "Oh, you're right. like people saying like, oh, I have this bug,' and it's like, oh, yep, I, I fixed this or." you know, found all these things that are like, you know, I, I added hints here or I changed the way this functions and stuff like that. Yeah. I looked afterwards and, uh, just looking through community content, like once I finished and apparently there's, he himself wrote a guide for the game that is completely spoiler free. And it's kind of like Lucas art style hints where it's like the first one is very ambiguous. Like you look at the text and it's like, Oh, maybe if you think about it, like from this perspective, you can figure it out. And then eventually once you get to the last hint, it's kind of like, take this barrel and put it over here. Mm-hmm. That's like that. cool. I actually really like that where it still kind of maintains that you're ultimately solving the puzzle, but, um, it, you know, gives you little hints. It kind of sounds familiar to the, um, uh, professor Layton hint system, except it's not in game right mm-hmm. yeah and i think if it was in game it probably would have been pretty um pretty in the way like they have one kind right. of hint system which is basically this dude with a top hat and a monocle he's like oh you have everything you need to finish this puzzle and blah 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 what was weird is like he was like in some like side rooms early on but then like i got stuck in some areas because i was like what is going on why can't i get out of here and then uh and then he would just pop up and then say a thing and then he'd disappear. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's, there's one room near the end um, where his hint was so useless. Cause like, 
um how do i say this ambiguously if you, you finish it andre it's the one where it's basically you're locked in this one room and there's fire Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's like some wooden stuff oh no uh, see to me that made total sense yeah i like immediately is like i know what to do yeah so that one had me stuck for like probably 10 oh, minutes no I, yeah i was stuck in there for a really long time but it, it took him a really long time to show up yeah so yeah. once he sh- showed up and told me what to do, i was like oh i get it and then i was <laughs> able to like immediately solve that puzzle yeah so like he he does help but in that case i knew how to solve that puzzle and what he said just reiterated it and i was like fuck <laughs> so <laughs> but what's the process bud yeah so, that yeah. that was not an issue for me but yeah i could uh, yeah there were there were some things that maybe i felt were a little inconsistent with like puzzle stuff like the way like certain things interacted which is like and like the way certain things interact with like lava versus water yeah that's true i was like wait a second and one thing that i kind of had to get over like kind of approaching it how i would approach a portal (laughs) but uh (laughs) does not spit uh inspirational quotes at you but um like with portal every area that you're going to is discrete like every puzzle is self-contained but with this one sometimes to solve a puzzle you have to go back to the previous area and like interact with mechanics that existed there to bring them with you to the new area and i was like i I kind of forgot that you could do that so i feel like that could mess me up easy yeah yeah and some of the puzzles get pretty big so Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh yeah uh, there was yeah they like introduced like you've got like five pieces that you can move around for this puzzle and you got to like get them all you know like a line and you have to like put them in just the right spot it's like oh my god yes i think i know exactly which thing you might have in mind right now <laughs> and then there was one where i was like i had so one of the moves you can or one of the powers you have is you can make a block you can use the block to like stop moving platforms I didn't realize pro tip for anyone who tries to play this game, the block doesn't need to stay there. Yep. Once it, the thing has been, yeah, once the thing stops, you can move mm-hmm. the block and the thing will stay stopped. Yeah. So I was trying to solve this puzzle without, with like, like one less piece than I was allowed to have. Cause I had this block just sitting there. I was like, well, I need to keep that there. So what could I possibly do? <laughs> it was so, oh. yeah, it's a, it's a brain tickling game. It's, I like yeah. it. Sounds like it. Yeah. But it sounds like it's a brain tickling game that gives you a lot of resources if you need them. Yeah. Yeah. Like Which is it, good because I know that like for a, rec- a lot of recent brain tickling games, I, I like them, but then at the same time I get stuck. Uh, I'm looking at you, Baba is you. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so it's nice that they, that this dev realizes that, Hey, maybe I'll give the people something else yeah and and it's one of them where you get to the end of a puzzle and you're like oh that was really clever now that i see all the mechanics like that makes total sense so it's never like a i wouldn't have got that if i didn't look at the hint like it's always an yeah this is this is totally reasonable for what what knowledge i have right so yeah uh but yeah for games that's it for me uh i've been doing a lot of programming doing a lot of other life stuff which will come up and then 
in my nights, life I've been, stuff. Life what? stuff. Yeah, don't worry about it. Doesn't exist. But um, <laughs> I, I have been watching a lot of a YouTube channel, which was recommended to me like a year ago, and uh, by Cheska, and I never believed her. And now I've been watching it, and it's excellent. And she was one hundred percent right that it's totally my jam. And that's the Bon Appetit YouTube channel. If you've ever, oh my god, it. that channel is so good. Yeah, okay. like I'd seen a couple of like the serious videos they do, and I'm like, yeah, this is fine. But once you get into the 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 It's Alive series with Brad, oh my god, it is hysterical. I haven't watched it. I've only seen the uh, series where they make. Uh, gourmet versions of other yes. of foods those are very good where they make like let's say kit kats but they're making homemade kit kats and stuff like that yeah that was my very favorite good. is the homemade uh instant ramen yep. where they like phys- like physically have to figure out how to like shape the ramen bricks and make like the uh packet of um sauce yeah 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 the seasoning packet like so that it acts in the same way it's it's very fun yeah yeah it's really good yeah they're like how do we make the how do we make each noodle have that little wiggle in it and stuff like that and like how do we make it hard and dehydrated so you put in water and it's fine like yeah it was that's a really interesting series but uh i 1100 billion percent recommend the it's alive series because like um brad the host is hysterical like he's he's from new jersey he's got that accent like he has that kind of mannerism but he's also you can tell extremely intelligent and uh the video editing on all of those videos is like some of the best i've ever seen like just visual gags like straight up like uh, better than sketch comedy most of the time so super super excellent like uh, if you want to look up like a random episode, the beef jerky one was really good. So if you look up one okay. appetite, uh, beef jerky, that's, that's a really strong uh, one to start okay. with. Neat. I've been, yeah, I've been falling down a bit of a YouTube hole recently that I somehow I watched some, you know, like YouTube will just like randomly give you like a video mm-hmm. and yes. they're like, oh, sure. I'll, I'll check it out. And I got like a wired, like almost impossible thing and it's like oh why it's almost impossible to do x physical feet in like certain amount of time or whatever uh so i watched some of those but then i also got one i watched like a video about sekiro uh and then i got like a speed run or something the speed runs for sekiro are wild i bet you like the glitches are bonkers like you can just swing it like there's a like you can glitch through the walls and then you can also just like swim through the air somehow like once you get to a certain point you get the ability to swim uh like underwater and so somehow you basically just underwater swim through the sky to like anywhere you want to go wow (laughs) and yeah and like you get to spots where like the world isn't loaded in and like get around bosses and stuff. it's real weird um that sounds great i love out of bounds glitches those are so cool yeah it's it's real interesting but um yeah so i because i watched that and i got surfaced this video for like colin Fruz or something who's this guy who lives in the uk and he does like engineering stuff um and so i guess he's been doing this for over a decade now and he got he gets like paid by like companies like disney marvel and uh, Activision, I guess, for Sekiro. 
to build like some of the ninja prosthetic or the shinobi prosthetic weapons. Mm. So like in one episode, he makes like the folding axe and like, uh, so he has like, you know, an axe on his arm and it flips out and he like, you know, then he goes out in the woods and he like smashes a bunch of stuff. He makes the giant, there's like an umbrella that's like made of steel that he makes that like, you know, comes off your arm and then like spins out, which is really neat. And then he's also made like, real big ATATs and like taller than his house. Oh, that's sweet. In his backyard. And he made like a Hulkbuster armor for Infinity War and like a TIE fighter or TIE interceptor using like only eBay parts. Wow. That's super cool. Yeah. So his YouTube channel is like it's kind of mesmerizing just watching him like, you know, welding and cutting and he dances while his plasma cutters going and stuff. He's, <laughs> he's like, he's pretty entertaining. Uh, and like, I've got a friend who's into that kind of stuff. And so I'm like into it by proxy kind of, I'm like interested. I'm like, cause I, you know, I try to be interested in things my friends are interested in somewhat. And so I'm just like, wow, this is, this is what my friend wishes he could do if he had money. Yeah. Uh, not to turn this into a YouTube recommendation episode, but uh, if you like that kind of stuff, I'd also recommend Mark Robber, R-O-B-E-R. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's excellent as well. But yeah, th- this guy is like, like Mark Robber, he does like a lot of like, oh, I'm going to lay the science out for you and then do like some small scale stuff. Whereas this guy, he's doing yeah. a lot more like large scale, like ridiculous. And, you know, it's all sponsored content. So he's, you know, he's promoting movies and stuff, but yeah, totally. it's neat. Cool. I mean, he that's makes, a cool way to. Sponsor. He makes his Hulkbuster. It can like it can stand up, and then it can like twist at the torso, and then like the arms can move. <laughs> and he's got a flamethrower on one hand, and then like a like a piston on the other hand, so it can just like super punch. <laughs> and so he like punches like a Thanos action figure off his garbage can, and lights his grill with the flamethrower and stuff like that. It's very silly. Sounds beautiful. And apparently they took it to like a kid's birthday party. Like Marvel took it to a kid's birthday party and surprised him. So that's yeah. Neat thing. Uh, so yeah, video games, Allison, man, now I kind of want to get to the YouTube recommendation. Too bad. Uh, well, Alex, if you like the Bon Appetit channel, watch the Epicurious channel. That's also very good. Yeah. Also check out the gaming fix YouTube channel. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's true. curious. It's also really good. I've seen a lot of it. Anyways, yeah. anyways, anyways. So I've played a little bit more or I say a little bit more, but anytime I play it, I play like hours of it. And that's more Forager. Um, that game is really, really fun. Uh, it's it really I think one of the things that's really great about it is just how much it expands, because when you first start playing it, you're like, OK, this is, you know, you're just on this tiny little island. You are essentially, um, you know, have like a very, very limited amount of things to do. But then as you buy more land, as you get like unlock more abilities, you realize just the full extent of what there is to do. Um, so like, for example, there's like, there's various dungeons you can go into, you can unlock, uh, various weapons for it. You can unlock, um, various puzzles, which unlock more. And I feel like I've been playing it for, uh, according to Steam, I've played it for about 10 hours, which I feel like I don't know if I've necessarily put in that much time into it, especially since, um, so much of the gameplay you can just do while you're 
listening to something else, but it, uh, but I still feel like I have a lot to left to discover because, um, there's a skills that you can unlock and I am not, not even close to halfway through those. Uh, there's uh, various uh, land that you can buy, and I might have about half of them, maybe. Um, and there's just so there's just such a lot of stuff, and so I feel like a lot of I've seen some people say, "Is this game really like?" Since it's twenty dollars, it see it, it does seem like a lot upfront, but there's just so much content that. I think it's, I think it's definitely worth it, especially if you want like something that is going to addict you, <laughs> which feels very weird to say, but it's like, if you want something where you're just like, it, ha- it has the most, like one of the most satisfying loops in any game that I've played recently. That's great. Um, where you're just like, it's, it, it just feels like constantly satisfying. And so if you like that kind of feeling of like, I've achieved things, then it's definitely worth that. Yeah, it's. I haven't touched it yet. I think that'll be my next game. Uh, but it seems, like you said, kind of, uh, you can treat it like I treated Diablo 3, which is you just put on a podcast and click away, and then by the end of your session, you've made some kind of progress. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like uh, you constantly are making a ton of progress, too. Um where like for example even if you just make an upgrade to your pickaxe which is your um main tool for um just every everything that's still it's going to make a ton of progress like for example i just unlocked a fire pickaxe which does a little bit of lasting uh damage by basically by setting stuff on fire <laughs> um which makes thing which makes uh mining and harvesting a lot faster because you can kind of just set a bunch of things on fire and watch it go. Um, which is also very satisfying. Um, but but then there's also like a lot of heart. Like I, I unlocked a, a section where the the dev showed up in the middle of the game and it's like, Oh, Hey, Hmm. it's you. And then, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little cosmetics that you can unlock based off of the achievements, which are feats, um, so right now I'm running around as shovel Knight because this dev likes shovel Knight. So I'm like, okay. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and it, there's, there's also some humor too. So I, I, I think it's really, really great. Uh, and again, I'm 10 hours in and have, I feel like I still have a lot I need to figure out with this game. It's good. Do you think... Do you think Steam is the way to play it, or should you wait for a Switch version? Or I think Steam is probably worth it. Um, and you know that this that this is true because I miss will buy everything on Switch, but uh, ha- having a mouse really helps. Mm-hmm. Mouse and keyboard. I I think it's definitely very possible to play it on something like Switch or play it on something like mobile. Um, but having having a mouse is really really nice. Cool. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and the other game that I have played a bunch of this week is also is on Switch, and it's Sushi Striker: The Way of the Sushi Do, which is the uh, Nintendo 
first party. I think it's first party. Yep. Yeah, it's first party. Um, puzzle game where you are uh, linking sushi plates and using it to attack people. And uh, so I've been actually kind of low-key interested in this game since they announced it in whatever Nintendo Direct they did, um, but have been holding off on it because the initial price for Switch was $50, which seemed a little steep for me. Uh, for, for, for what I played in the... Uh, um, demo but then on I, I saw on amazon it had gotten under 20 which I, it was kind of my little price threshold for waiting for this game so i decided to pick it up and it's it's actually it's been really fun so far um there's a lot of content in it so far and a lot of different mechanics that you can uh uh put into it um so like for example the first one of the first things that you unlock are these uh sushi sprites are are they spirits or sprites? I can't remember. Sprites, sprites. They're sprites. Um, but they basically have like different uh, abilities that you can use during a sushi battle. Um, so, for example, the first one you unlock um, will basically turn your entire field of conveyor belt sushi into the same color, so you can all you can link all of them up. Um, but there are different ways that you can kind of. Um, make those work. Um, for example, there's one that I use a lot, which, uh, makes your attack stronger. So if I use the first one where you have different linking up and then make my attack stronger, it, uh, makes the battles go quickly. Um, and then each battle has different, uh, win conditions that you can try for to get, uh, different, uh, achievements. So like, for example, it's, be this level in under 85 seconds or something like that. Sure. Um, but there are a lot of other, there's like a whole lot of like complexity in terms of, in terms of setting things up. So for example, you can set up your favorite item of sushi and whenever you consume that item or like setting that up has different, uh, benefits for you. So for example, mine right now is just hit that raw, man. like the three of us would have been, um, benefit, but if if I wanted to, there's like every favorite, su every single sushi item has a different favorite and a different effect for it. Um, and then there's different items that you can select to have as your um, main item. So uh, one item that you get pretty early on is a black belt, which has your um, health. But in exchange, if you beat it, then you get 1.5 times the score. Uh, and that's kind of like an uh, extra difficulty that you can do. Um, since you can also uh, replay pretty much every battle. And uh, everything is also within this uh, story mode, which is beautifully cheesy. <laughs> uh, set in a world where sushi is outlawed because there have been sushi wars. So you're trying to free the sushi so that everybody can enjoy sushi. And it's, uh, there's one of the things that was the, um, kind of selling point was the, uh, that there's, um, animated sections, which in my opinion, the animation style is not my favorite part of it, but it's, it's very much set up like 
episodes of like a cheesy shonen sushi anime which is so, which yeah when i look I, when i look at the google image search all i can think is this looks like it would be like 15 years ago on like like fox for kids with like yeah. kirby all-stars and oh, like fighting food ons and stuff like that yeah it's it's the, the style is a little bit not great and there's certain points where the character design i'm like I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, so I don't know if that's necessarily a plus for me because I feel like the animation could have been better, but I do like the kind of general vibe of it, which is like a very, like it's a very intentionally um, like hamming it up as this like shown in anime about sushi, basically where where your character, your main character is very gung ho about like, I want to bring sushi to everybody in a very, um, and, and the entire game is like very, uh, um, set up as various episodes. So it's like, so occasionally you'll have like an animation scene of like the main big bad being like that kid is, we need to take that kid down. It's very, it's very charming for, for all of that. So, um, it's just in general, but it's, it's a very big game so far. I, I've, I've played, put several hours into it and I'm just in the first area hmm. and I feel like there's probably still a lot of stuff that I have to unlock, but, uh, they have a demo on there. Um, which is, which is kind of, I guess shows you what the basic, um, puzzle solving of it is, which is that you have various lanes of sushi, uh, like conveyor belt sushi and you have to link up the thing. So you can kind of feel if you're going to like that, you're going to like doing that as your basic puzzle or solving or the rest of the game. But I think yeah. it's, I think it's charming and definitely I'd say it's worth the $20, $50 is still kind of a lot though, but <laughs> it's, but that's, but that's also just me. Uh, well, I think also they're just like, look, there's this animation style. And I'm like, it's not that good though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, with all the, with all the various like, uh, mechanics and then sushi sprites, like they have like a full on like Pokemon thing where it's like, you can level them up and then that levels up their sushi, which levels up like all of your other stuff. So there's just like a thousand things going on. And I'm like, it's kind of, and I'm kind of wondering if there's going to be a lot more. So that'll be kind of funny to see. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then I'll move on uh, to talk about my game because while I have been playing Dungeons and Dragons in the real world with what? pen and paper and dice, I have also been playing Divinity Original Sin 2, Ooh. which is a computer version of that kind of stuff done rules and whatnot but yeah uh i tried to play divinity i've tried to play original sin 2 like six times yep and every time and i think even saying tried to play is a little generous on some of those because sometimes i would make my character load in and immediately go nope i screwed up and reroll immediately before i've done any action uh and like part of that is just like there's like the first divinity original sin um, there, it was kind of like, and a lot of people criticized it for this was there was like an optimal, uh, party, um, 
optimal party makeup and it, you could get that party very early on. But if you had to make your character in a specific way, like you made two characters, you had to make them in a specific way to have like a good party at like the beginning of the game. Mm. And they, they've changed that for um, original sin two, where you can kind of make any character basically do anything you want. And then I think later on you can like freely respec at any point, basically, but I haven't gotten to that point yet, but basically just trying to like, you know, I'm trying to get as much out of it as I can. And so then when I get to a thing, I'm like, ah, oh, no, I should have prepared for this when I started the game. And so then I'm like, okay, I'll restart. And I'll run through the tutorial and all that stuff. Um, so that, that was a little annoying. So then it, like, after I do that, like three times, I'm like, I, I give up. I'm not going to play this game anymore than I uninstall. Uh, but this time it stuck and I've, I've made it almost out of the tutorial area, I think. Um, but I'm still like doing that. Like, okay, is there anything else I can do here? Uh, and, you know, I had like a big, hard, difficult combat encounter and then that I had to like, okay, save and reload because things went bad. Um, I was like, Oh wait, I've got these teleport gloves so I can take this guy when he runs up and I can teleport him over here into a spot that's bad for him. And then we can all gang up on him and beat him while the other people are still like trying to get to us. Uh, so that was like, Oh, or if I, and like I can teleport this person over to this like side room and then she can sneak up on him from the side and then take out this archer. And so like, really remembering like how to make use of the combat system and like manipulate it. Cause like there, you can do some silly stuff in the divinity games. Like you can like fill up a chest with like, you know, a million items and then you can just drop it on a boss's head and it'll kill him. Uh, which is like very silly. That's like one of the speedrun strats um, for divinity original sin one is you just basically like bounce a chest back and forth between two people until you get to the end of the game. And then you drop a giant chest on the final boss's head. And because it's so heavy, it just kills them. <laughs> and then like, there's, I, I can mainly only speak to this individual original sin one, because I, that's the, I almost completed that game, but then like I got stuck at the end or something near the end. There's like a boss where like they spawn all these creatures in side rooms but you can use like the magic hand or telekinesis move to place like chairs and barrels and boxes in front of the doors. So none of the monsters can get out of the rooms they spawn in. Hmm. So you can just abuse it in that way, which is really fun and silly. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, what they did in original sin two is they made, um, like origin characters where each of the NPCs, like including your own has like, a unless you make, you can make like a fully custom character if you want, but, it, um, each of the like party members has their own like side stories and stuff. And they had this a little bit in original sin one, but your, your main character only had like the story stuff, not like their own like personal um story uh so i'm playing as a los who is like she's an entertainer uh like bard comedian type person um like and Rose. sure uh and she ha hears voices specifically now she hears one voice and it is a uh, very scary and demonic and you know, one of the things that happens is you meet this woman uh and 
while you're talking to her, she's like, she can like sense the, this presence in you. And she like starts to like tell you stuff. And then suddenly you are overcome by the desire to rip her apart because this voice is like, you're not going to tell her anything. And so then you get to a point where like, if you fail a save then all your options are kill the self and you can't get out of the conversation until you hit kill the self. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you like quick load. I don't want to kill the self. So I'm just totally cheesing it in that way. Cause I'm like, no, I want to, I don't want to be like that. It's really so, interesting. yeah. And so like every character, like, so your main character, Los is my main character, but then every other character you meet, uh, or like party member you get and, um, has like a similar kind of like, they have their own story. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, and then, Oh, is there any, oh, no, oh, yeah, I can't think of anything else right now, but yeah, I'm looking forward to playing more of that because yeah, I don't know. I'm in a RPG mood, I guess. Yeah. That's a game I really did want to play. Uh, actually when we were doing our first game of the year back in 2017, mm-hmm. uh, cause it came out 2017, I really wanted to touch it, but I only had, you know, like a couple weeks and it's like a friggin' long, dense game. <laughs> So it it seems very difficult to approach. Like I never played any, any of the divinity games, let alone Mm -hmm. original sin one. So like, it just seems super, I don't know. The learning curve always seemed really high for that. Yeah. That's that's how I I felt about that too. Like I've played a little bit of the, of original sin one. And by a little bit, I mean like a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it always felt very difficult to approach, but yeah. Uh, like this, like I, if you wanted to check this one out, I would recommend looking at like a guide, uh, or like a starter guide, like recommended like perks and builds and stuff to get the most out of like the early game. Sure. Uh, and then, like I said, once you get to like the second act or whatever, you can kind of freely respec. Um, and also on P is it only on PC right now? Maybe they put it out. It's got controller support, uh, which is actually pretty good. Um, it's how I'm playing it over the steam link. Um, but it had also like mod support. And so like some of the mods are like, Oh, get this perk for free because it like makes the game way better. If you have this perk, uh, or, um, one of them is increased party size. So instead of four people in your party, you can have six or eight or even 10. And then also there's like co-op mode where you can play the campaign in co-op with like another person. And so you each have like control of two characters. You can do that online or uh, like local. Uh, So yeah, there's lots of options for how you can play this game. And then there's like, apparently it's not super active because I think it's really difficult to use, but there's like a game mastering master game master, like section where you can create your own like stories and campaigns for people to play. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's not super popular because it's like really difficult to use and like learn. So I was Googling like, Oh, is there any like recommended like stuff to play? And there's like some stuff out there, but I thought there'd be like a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah, interesting. But- that- the way you're modding it to make it more playable that actually kind of reminds me of XCOM 2 uh i don't know if you ever played that but like like uh there was things like um the missions where that were basically under a timer where it's like oh you have to do this within eight turns and everyone's like that is far too few so they give you like 20 turns so just yeah like it's, it's, uh, not, I, it's not breaking the game it's just making it a bit more fair it's yeah like. i was going to do the mods but then like 
the increased party size doesn't work with a controller really. And then uh, like, you know, you turn on like the free pet pal mod or whatever. And then it was just like, Oh, turn off achievements. I don't really care about achievements, especially steam achievements. But I was like, Oh no, uh, you know, if, if they don't, if they don't want me to turn on. Okay, fine. Uh, and like, you know, it's not that bad as, you know, it's one perk or whatever. That's so it's not a huge deal, but yeah, it's, it's a fun, a fun thing. And I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I, hopefully it sticks together well going forward, but yeah, uh, I'm glad I went back to it. I, it seems to be scratching the itch that I had because I was like, what the hell do I want to play? <laughs> and I finally figured it out. Apparently I wanted to play divinity original sin too. Yeah. Jump into a hundred hour game while there's not too many new releases coming out right now. Uh, like I could afford a new release. I mean, that's the, this is the perfect time now to jump in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then hopefully once the summer rolls around and I actually have some money again, maybe then I can get back to like things like Double Me Cry, and hopefully they'll be on sale. Um, but yeah, that is kind of what I've been up to, and what I'll continue to be up to probably for a while. I also installed Alien Isolation. I don't know if oh. I'll actually get into that though. It's a good game. I only played like three hours of that originally, and I got spooked. Yeah. Yeah, it's really neat. Yeah. I'm going to play it on easy just so I don't have to like deal too much with the alien. Just cause like, like I got to a point where it's like, oh, come on, fuck off. Cause like you get to the point where like, you sneak around for like a really long time and then like you're almost to the door and then you get caught and you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to do another 20 minute sequence of that exact same thing again. So I just want to play but then that's a bad idea too. Yeah, that was one of the biggest problems with that game is it's not necessarily the pacing, but like you said, like the checkpointing almost. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you're yeah. going through this encounter and it's like, oh, I'm about 20 steps from the end and it took me half an hour to do this and then just yeah. reset all of that. And, oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, and that doesn't sound so much scary as just frustrating. Like yeah, there's there's tension there, but it's after like after it happens, you're just like, oh my god, it it, it ruins right, it, it ruins the tension. Right, there's tension there, but like when it's your second or third time, you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I, just, yeah I don't want to do this whole thing. I'm just gonna run through. Um, so yeah, uh, that's what I've been up to. Uh, anyone have anything they want to? plug or chat about before there, we head there, off there is one but i feel like if we end up talking about this it could go for like an hour oh, um, so maybe uh, we can limit it a little bit but what is it what is it so recently uh, i mean this has been an issue for a while but the, one of the big stories this week was that uh the riot studio is facing a uh, potential employee oh, walkout yeah. Uh, which has just kind of been you know like the past several weeks we've seen a lot of talk about studios where uh employees are being overworked mm-hmm. uh, a lot of issues with crunch just lasting months and months and months and people yeah. burning out uh subcontractors and all these kinds of yeah. really interesting not interesting bad practices that are going on in the industry right now and for riot like they haven't even been in the news for crunch they've been in the news for other for, for, for treating their women like trash so and and kind of other employees too maybe like you know women especially but you know like have like their culture being just like very uh, mid-2000s dude bro i'm going to 
fart on you and hit you in the balls. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I think it's really, it's an interesting topic that a lot of people are talking about, but at the same time, they're kind of not being active about. Like mm-hmm. I've seen some memes and stuff going around like, Oh, gamers rise up. Uh, everybody, what are we getting angry about today? Oh, devs are devs should be respected and their time should be respected. And then it's just a bunch of people going, Oh, yeah. But like as someone who does programming, (laughs) let me tell you, sometimes that stuff is extremely draining and it's really unfortunate that, that, (laughs) that, that, that devs are often not shown respect for their work. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's easy to make that like a faceless job and, oh, they're just sitting at a computer all day. It's not backbreaking physical labor or whatever, but that's you know, work is work and you're taxing yourself, your mind, your body sitting there that whole time. And well, and it's just not sustainable to be working constantly. Um, like I, like I've been working, it's finally, um, kind of ramped down, thank God. But earlier this year I was working a bunch of overtime at work and like I wasn't even working anywhere close to what some of these numbers that people are bringing up. And it's like doing it indefinitely sucks. Like oh, yeah. you don't know mm-hmm. where the end, and like, especially when you don't know where the end point is, it's like, what is it? It's just like completely draining. And again, I was only working like, like, you know, 55, 60 hour weeks at my peak, but it's yeah. like, still sucked so i can't even imagine when it was like people who are like 80 plus hours a week (laughs) doing that yeah Uh, i'm i'm lucky enough like uh teachers are especially in japan but everywhere are overworked and Mm -hmm. you know have to put in long hours and are underpaid and whatnot i'm lucky enough to be in a position where i have my contract says this person leaves at this time. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I get to head out and, uh, but like even working like my hours, you know, when you're doing repetitive tasks or whatever, like grading papers, I'm, you know, it becomes like, what am I even looking at here? Uh, and, you know, so being able to keep people fresh and not having to work constantly seems like it would be a major benefit to people. Right. But, and even going off of the like purely capitalism, you know, what's best for the company at a certain point, like if you're working for however many hours, like you're less productive. That's going to be, that's going to go on your insurance when you've got a mental health or mental health issues, physical, physical health issues. And like, work. That's yeah. People have done various like work studies and it's like, after like so however many however much time like you basically lose productivity mm-hmm. so and like you you make more mistakes yeah. and that is more work to fix it's like it's really just like a shitty thing in every single capacity mm-hmm. <laughs> even even if you're not even if you're like who cares about the employees which i i feel like is not who we all are yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, so riot stuff is more about forced arbitration, but like stuff from NetherRealm, uh, you know, saying, "Hey, don't pull people into like really shitty illegal battles." You know, you fight your stuff out in the open. Don't 
pull it into the shadows and, you know, because uh, yeah. it's more beneficial for the employees to have a more open battle, whereas opposed to where Riot can pay, you know, an arbitration firm or whatever to pretty much be on their side. Uh, right. So paying, even though they should be, uh, uh, but uh, impartial. Um, but then, yeah, you've got stuff like Nether Realm, uh, some Bioware. pretty damning stuff coming out about the Bioware, oh, yeah. uh, well, uh, Epic, um, just it's a lot of places. And uh, Pat is not here, but he would say, well, you know, ex- basically expect that from basically every studio that has is out there, um, unless they say otherwise, like respawn some people have come out and said like oh we really like it here we're not working we're not you know working to the bone here but as far as i know no one's kind of reported on that or followed up on it like in the press to you know get a more full picture of what's going on there maybe someone's working on that uh who knows i think that'd be that'd be good and i I think that if we could have some sort of um yeah focus on places that do well and have public that might be a bigger incentive for companies to not be garbage um i I imagine uh, sony bend uh producer developers of days gone is actually probably in a pretty bad spot right now um crunch wise because i saw they've had a patch out every day since release i don't know if that is followed up till now but for you know uh, earlier this week i saw that and the game's been out for about a week um so they have you know a patch every day um you don't get that working normal hours probably through certain uh, you know there's sony studios so they can probably get through cert quick maybe they've got like a decent support system to help them through that stuff but you know hard to say because sony has thrown people into the bus before yeah but yeah, regardless the industry, I think it's a, it's terrible in terms of the human yeah. aspect, just like that people are being mistreated or disrespected. But I think it's also positive that it's become public discourse rather than hiding yeah. in the shadows yeah. and no, no one talking about it. Yeah. So I think you'd hope that developers are more open to like addressing that in their job interviews. Mm-hmm. Like, like people, you know, saying like, Hey, what, what is your crunch situation like? And then, you know, like people should be able to work in this industry, um, and not have to crunch, uh, mm-hmm. but also maybe people need to be willing to walk away to, you know, if there's a exodus of talent because of you know, labor practices. And it's hard to do that. Like people can't just find new jobs, but if, you know, a large portion of the workforce walks away, then suddenly you've got veteran talent and like so much knowledge just walking out that, you know, studios have to change their practices to keep people. But you know, that's like fantasy land where if that actually works, but you'd hope or, you know, unionize and get, you know, get labor practices in place that make for um, people make for better working conditions uh, and, you know, protections for if you're laid off because 
CEO salaries got to stay high, right? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's like I said, this could go on forever because you could talk. Yeah, about, yeah, you have there, a whole conversation so about gig economy and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff exactly. right. Especially when you talk about like all the subcontractors, things yeah. like that, where you're like, yeah, exactly. That's what sucks, but yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully they, uh, you know. We want we want to see some change. Uh, keep hounding people, uh, and hopefully things will come out. You know, uh, hopefully people are more willing to ask those questions. Um, but you know, with another own stuff. Some hopefully someone can get like Ed Boon on the record about that because uh, you know he's kind of the face of Mortal Kombat and the face of that studio. So. And I really like Ed Moon and I want him to not be a slave driver. Uh, and you know, I, I, he seems so nice, but then hearing these stories, like, Ooh, is that from him? Is that from the WB? Like, you know, where, where is that mandate coming down from? Uh, and you know, it's hard to say, uh, but mm. and I'm hoping, I mean, I think a lot of, I mean, there are certainly a lot of people that are saying, well, you have to work these hours, but then there's also, I'm sure a lot of instances where it's a lot of, um, unrealistic expectation oh, yeah. performance. And hopefully, I mean, this may be like a pipe dream, but hopefully this will indicate, Oh, there is a problem yeah. with unrealistic. Expectations. A lot of it also boils down to like, uh, from the sounds of some of these stories is just like the appearance of work right. uh, is, you know, uh, was it the, the Bioware story saying like, Oh, it would take us 24 hours to bake a new light map. And, um, in that, in frostbite uh, and then, you know, yeah. and then like, you know, what do you, you know, what are you doing for those 24 hours? If that's, if your job is, you know, light mapping, yeah, I work on another map or maybe, or whatever. Um, but so you've got like stuff like that and you've got, and then you've got QA testers saying, you know, we're sitting around eight hours a day waiting for a build, but you know, we can't not be there because it doesn't look good or whatever. Right. So I, you know, there's, there's the appearance of work is so important to, I don't know if it's a Western culture. It's, it's not just Western culture, but the appearance of being busy is so important to companies and, we just, it needs to be done away with. If there's no work, there's no work, but then also there need to be protections in place for those people who, Hey, you're not giving me work, but I'm employed here. You need to be paying me to have me. So yeah, it's, it's a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like Alex said, we could talk about this forever. Um, yeah, but we would yeah. like to see some things change. Uh, know what i don't want to see change but i also very want to see change uh me no you can stay you can be you can be you but randy pitchford man oh my god (laughs) oh oh god he he, he will never change but like my god that meltdown on twitter that was so you went on a do you want to so yeah okay so the gearbox or the borderlands three gameplay reveal happened and he came out and he's like, no microtransactions. I didn't see this. This is just what the game informer story said. This yeah. is what caused the meltdown. The game of game informer story says Randy Pitchford said no microtransactions in the game. 
then another person at Gearbox in an interview says, oh yeah, there's cosmetic, you know, you can buy cosmetics. And maybe Borderlands 2 time, we didn't call those microtransactions. Now we most certainly call them microtransactions. <laughs> right. Unless yeah. they're, you're saying they're macro transactions and you pay like 20 bucks for them, but that's not. Sure. Like, sure. But, but like, even then, uh, you yeah. know, uh, and like on stage, Pitchford did say like, no, like loot boxes in the sense that we like the pay for loot boxes no, you know, no pay to win mechanics or whatever. No free to play, no, but not even not even free to play. No pay to win mechanics, which is like okay, that's nice. Uh, no one's really doing those anyways anymore since Battlefront, but okay. Uh, but then, so the Game Informer story says Randy Pitchford says no microtransactions, but you can buy skins, and that set Randy off. He was like. You me a liar? Yeah, you fuck, I can't believe you fucked me on this. I, dude, they quoted you, and then they quoted the other person who said, and uh, it's the same as Borderlands 2. On Borderlands 2 had microtransactions, which is not, uh, you know, we don't call them that at the time. Yeah, and, uh, and, 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 multiple, and multiple times, uh, uh, Andy McNamara, the editor in chief of Game Informer, was like, tell me what I said that what, what we said that was incorrect so that we can post a like correction. Mm-hmm. And then like, he went he on just, a 20 tweet or t- maybe more tirade and about maybe 13 tweets in, maybe he almost got to what like, it basically was all PR. Like, Oh, we had a giant event. We had, you know, we were so excited to show off the gameplay reveal and all these people here and blah, 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 blah. And then maybe kind of addressed like the microtransactions. Like it's the same as Borderlands 2, but doesn't actually address like what like, he says is wrong with the article. Right. It was it was spectacular. They've, they've got people there who are fun and personable and good at talking about games and uh, worked on Tron Legacy. Yeah, and uh, Disney Infinity. And you know maybe. Maybe it's time that Randy Pitchford got doxxed on a live stream. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, don't dox people. That's bad. But if, if you are familiar with giant bomb, maybe, you know what I'm referencing. Uh, Yeah. So Randy pitch, he's making it real hard to be excited for borderlands three. Yeah. Like obviously there's a whole team. Under oh, yeah, no, I feel, I, like, you know, he's making me feel real bad for the people at Gearbox. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, not that they uh, weren't. You know, I didn't feel bad for them already having to work with this guy because uh, he's every time a story about Randy comes out, it just gets worse. But and you think at a certain point he go like people go, you got to get off Twitter, man. You got to stop. And then what? It, he like, he's stops. the CEO, but like yo. But who's got to step in? Do we need the SEC to come in and stop Randy Pitchford from tweeting? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I don't even know. Um, but I th- we got to wrap it up. I got to get out of here. Um, thanks for joining us on episode 68 of uh, Gaming Fix. Uh, like us, subscribe on Twitter, or well, you can find us on Twitter uh, on your podcast platform of choice. If uh, 
it allows reviews, may I suggest a sample review like hashtag gaming fix changed me forever. It proved me that video games, a video game podcast didn't have to be about killing people. They could evoke complex themes and subtle emotions resonate differently with different people. Happy 68 GF. Um, that la- happy 68 GF is a hashtag as well. Uh, but that's just, you know, that's a sample. Uh, you could do anything you like. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cool slaw C O O L S L four W Alex, where can people find you? Uh, Allison, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at W R I T E R S E R E at my T Y. And I can promise you that I will not make any, uh, ready picture X esque rants on there. Or David. I can promise. Oh, you know, that might help your Twitter, uh, <laughs> Twitter presence. I don't know, but make it about like K-pop. Um, <laughs> like, uh, I can't believe the Korean military is fucking me like this taking the guy <laughs> from BTS and putting him in the military. I don't know. Is that the one that's happening? It's the boys? I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I I don't, don't know. care for the boy groups. I don't either. So like, we'll have to ask Erica next time she's on. Um, okay. Sounds good. Uh, there was one. Oh, was there was this thing? I don't remember. Oh, uh, friend of the podcast, Chris, Chris Edgerton, I and Pat uh, discussed Pat's journey through Kingdom Hearts, uh, the first through, oh, we got through like 358 over two. Next time we'll discuss Birth by Sleep, uh, Dream Drop Distance, and Back Cover, maybe Kingdom Hearts 3, depending on when we record. Um, So yeah, you can find that in the podcast feed uh, going up at some point. Uh, so excited to listen to that. It's, you know, Pat is a bigger kingdom hearts fan than I am apparently now, uh, (laughs) who saw that coming. He's gotten so into it. It's kind of, I I kind of love it. It's uh, yeah, no, I'm happy for him that he like, it, it totally seems like a thing. It seemed like a thing he would be into, but then like, he's way, he's like way more committed to it than I was or am. Uh, so I, I am looking forward to hearing how the end of that game just uh, how the end of the Kingdom Hearts three uh, treats him. Yeah, Oof. you will get to hear about Pat's uh, Pat's theory that Kingdom Hearts and Star Wars are the exact same thing. <laughs> he makes a compelling case uh, when you listen. It's like the compelling case i mean even mark hamill's in there as like a as a keyblade master yeah um anyway that's gonna do it for us thanks for joining us uh and you know leave us a review and we love you goodbye everybody bye okay bye